real briefly. I want to talk to you about something that's been on my heart. I haven't stopped preaching for three months to my youth group and my young people about one subject. And I believe, see, and we'll get into this in a second. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. What we need to understand is worship is good. The word of God is good. Shouting and jumping and dancing is good. But if you do all of that here and lack a prayer life in your home and in your everyday life, all the shouting and spitting and snotting and going crazy here means nothing. I'm tired of looking at a generation of young people and of young adults who are walking around not fulfilling the power that God has given us. I ain't here to down the Baptist. I ain't here to down the Methodist. I don't care what you are. If you Catholic, praise God. But if you're a child of God, God has allowed us to have a power. And the games and the playing and the going through the motions is all crap. It's what the Bible says. Is that okay, Pastor Joe? Can I say crap? That's a good old Georgia term for you, crap. Now, kids, if your parents don't let you say that, do not say that. I'm 24. I just got able to say that last year. So, But all this junk, the Bible talks about all these things are like resounding symbols to God. They're, they're nothing if we don't have the key. So what we're going to talk about tonight is prayer and the birth of prayer. Everybody say the birth of prayer. Why, have you ever wondered why do we pray? If God is sovereign and he is all-knowing and all-seeing, what's the purpose of me praying? If God's word, keep playing behind me, dude. I like that. I'm feeling that. If God's word never fails, what's the point of me praying? Have you ever thought about that? These are questions that as a 24-year-old single young man, I ask myself. I got to throw it out there. There ain't no Puerto Ricans in Savannah, baby. I'm sorry. Woo! I need a rose condulas. As the Puerto Ricans here say, Hallelujah, man. I've been in the Spanish church. I know what I'm talking about. Uno, dos. Kika knows what I'm talking about. I found myself, though, asking God, You know what, Lord? I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that I got young people who can win the Chubby Bunny contest. I'm so happy that I've got young people who can win the three-on-three basketball tournament. I'm so proud that i got young people who can shoot Q-tips out of a straw across the line and have their team win the wonderful prize of a 19-inch DVD player screen TV. I'm so glad that i got young people who can do that job. But God, where's my young people that are laying hands on the sick? and seeing the blind eyes open. 
So God showed me a revelation of why there's no power in the church. The reason that there's no power is because we don't pray. The lowest attended meeting of every church in America is what? Not the homecoming, bring your own dinner. The tailgate, pastor appreciation. That ain't it, baby. You know what it is? It's the prayer meeting. Our church began doing something once a month, 5 a.m. prayer. Even when we told our leaders and our, 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 the people of our church that we, we begged them to come because we want to see God change our atmosphere in our city. It was astonishing to me how many stinking excuses we can come up with. Well, my kids got to go to school, and if they get up that early, you know, they're going to be so dead throughout the day, and then they won't be able to play baseball tonight. And I looked at, I looked at one woman and said, let me tell you something, sister. I was at the church every time the doors were open. Guess what Pastor Brandon didn't do? He didn't play football on, on junior high in the, in the middle school because the games were on Wednesday night and Pastor Brandon wasn't allowed to miss church for some worldly activity. The problem is we got our, uh, uh, our values totally twisted and we want to put everything in the world, our job in school and being on time. We'll be on time for our job. We won't be tardy to class. But come at 10.30 on Sunday morning, we're still dragging in God's house. Sorry, dude. I, that's totally not what I'm wanting to preach on. I'm just sick of junk, man. Three reasons we pray very quickly. Number one, God is as sovereign as His Word. Everybody say, God is as sovereign as His Word. Do you understand what that means? That the sovereignty of God is totally dependent upon what He speaks. That's why God don't talk a lot. But when He does, His sovereignty is based upon His Word. Number two, God is limited by His Word. Everybody say, God is limited by His Word. Whatever God says is law. So if He speaks it, it automatically limits Him. Does everybody understand that? Can we agree on that? Number three, God will never violate His Word. Somebody say, God will never violate His Word. What we have here is God is as sovereign as His Word. He is limited by His Word. And He will never violate His Word. Let me explain this. Whatever God says, count it done. He spoke the Ten Commandments and said, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. He limited himself. He is as sovereign to his word. And if you have other gods before him, you are in violation of God's word. When God says, I will bless you for tithing, he has limited himself to his word, which means that if you tithe, God has to bless you. So whatever God says, he's bound to. When I look at the life of Jesus in Luke chapter 11 and read in the Gospels, I notice something that I've never seen before. The only thing 
that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them was how to pray. In Luke 11, he said, they come to him and say, Master, and this is how it reads. It says, after he had been praying in a place of his own, his disciples came to him and said, Master, Master, teach us how to pray to the Father. And that's where we get what? Who art in heaven? What is that called? The Lord's Prayer or the Our Well, that's yeah, Catholic. Are you were you Catholic at one time? Yes, ten Our Fathers, eleven Mother Mayas. I don't know. <laughs> is that what it is, Mother Maya? No. Hail Marys. Uh, I'm Pentecostal, baby. Wrote them a hoe. You know what I'm saying? Um. So we get the Lord's Prayer. And, and in that, I could get into all that. I taught my young people what Jesus was telling them through the Lord's Prayer. It doesn't mean that you have to pray that way. It was a formula. Start out with addressing who you're talking to. In the military, you address your commanders and those higher than you as commander or general or major or whatever. And then worship Him. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Bless God. God's just like us. He likes to be blessed. Ain't a woman in here who doesn't like to hear from a man of God. Mm, girl, you look nice tonight. I just got to tell you, Jesus, there's something about you that just makes me want to be closer to him. And I'm still single, son. I don't know. I ain't met her yet. Don't worry. She's coming. Oh, da, da, da. Listen, though. So God says, or Jesus tells them, this is how you pray. What blows my mind is, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, there's many occasions in the Word where it says, and He arose a few hours before day. And while His disciples were sleeping, Jesus would go get by Himself. And if you do the math and realize when daybreak is in Israel and different things like that, you understand that Jesus was rising at about 3 to 4 in the morning and praying until about 7 or 8. He was spending four hours with God praying, getting himself prepared every day. And then he would go with his disciples and they'd go into the marketplace and he'd see a blind lady and he'd go up and he'd say, be healed. And he'd heal her fraction of a second. Healed. Then he'd go to a dead person. Fraction of be healed. Rise up. Fraction of a second. He did all these things. He'd, 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 he'd open the blinded eyes. See, what the disciples found out was that by Jesus spending four hours with God, he only had to spend one minute with man. And his whole day, he spent four hours with God, and you add up all the fractions of seconds that he took to heal people, and he'd spend a minute with man. The problem with the church today is that we want to go spend one minute and say our little Hail Marys and then our fathers and get our little pray on, Lord. And this is how most of us do it. Father God, I want to thank you for the day, Lord. Just touch me while I go to school, Lord. And we're brushing our teeth. Nobody can understand that, child. 
So we want to spend one minute with God and then come to church and spend four hours trying to doctor fill everybody to health. You understand what I'm saying? We got the whole thing turned around. And then we wonder why we ain't got miracles and why you ain't packing this place out with people coming off the street who are addicted to drugs. We don't want drug addicts in here. Mr. Brendan, drug addicts are crazy. They may steal our van. They might, but one of two things is going to happen. Their hands and feet are going to melt from touching that holy van. Or God's going to use that to do something in their life. And then he's going to bless Metro Praise even greater with a bigger van. Some of y'all just like. That God's going to bless us with another van. All things are possible for you. Woo. Here's the birth of prayer, Genesis 1, 26. It said that they spoke with themselves and said, let us create man. Oh, hey, let's plug that back in. Yeah. There it is. I was going to dance for y'all. But Pastor Joe knows I create some nutty dances. The lawnmower, y'all seen the lawnmower? No, I ain't going to show you. Churning butter. Signing checks. He said, let us create man in our image. And then the two words that birth prayer. And you'll understand this in just a few minutes. He said, let them have dominion over the earth. Here's what I want you to understand. That when God spoke that, he bound himself to never be able to operate in the earth without a body. Does everybody understand? There was a law created. If he just said, let us have dominion, because the Bible says that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. Jesus at that moment was a spirit. He was the son, the second in the Trinity. So when they said, let us make them in our own image, I want you to understand something, that when you were first created, Man is not your body. Man is the spirit with inside of you. Is there anybody picking up what I'm saying? Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? So when God created you, he created the spirit with inside of you and said, call it man. The man part of you is spirit. And then he said, let them, human beings, have dominion over the earth. Because he had to create a fleshly dirt body for your spirit to come in. And here's how you know that. The word human is broke up from two words. Humus, humus, being. Or humus, being. Dirt, being. 
which means human. Everybody stand. So you're made from dirt, and then you put the man part, which is the spirit of God, and you create a body that has a spirit inside of it. Everybody follow me? So he said, let them have dominion. So guess what? Right when he spoke that, that meant that we have dominion. Satan even understood this when he came to Eve because he could not operate in the earth without what? A body. So he barters with the snake. The serpent goes, yo, dude, let me hold your body. I got to go talk to that chick right over there. Slithers himself on up and then makes her fall. But then the cool thing about this is in chapter 2, God tells him, he says, yo, listen, bro, that woman that you just messed up, that you just separated from me, guess what? That same woman is going to be your nightmare in about 2,000 years. Here's what happened. Isaiah says it like this. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. The angel of God comes to Mary and says, We need your body to create a body that God's Spirit can come and dwell in. And here's the intricate part about God. When He created woman, see Robin right now, everybody look at Robin. Wave to her. Come here, Robin. Will you come up here for a minute? This is perfect. I'm so glad you came. See, it was God. Robin's one of my favorite people ever. Now, I want to tell you how awesome Robin is and how God created Robin. Ish, I love you, man. (laughs) Robin is carrying a child, hopefully. (laughs) I might be carrying one, too. We never know. Robin is carrying a child. Now, here's the great thing about God. This child that she's carrying will never have Robin's blood mixed with his. See, when the angel came to Mary and said, we need you to carry a child, she did not realize that the blood of the child she was carrying would also be the blood that would end up redeeming her. When God, catch this, Isaiah says, for unto us a child is born. What was the child? The body of Jesus. Yeah, you can go. Thank you. I love you. You're awesome. The body was Jesus. And then he said, for unto us a son is given. What was the son? Somebody catch this. What was the son? The spirit of Christ that was placed inside the body of Jesus that Mary carried and gave birth to. See, Christmas had to happen. Christmas had to take place. The birth of Jesus had to take place so that the death of Jesus could redeem me. Jesus' blood was never mixed with Mary's because of the way God created woman. So the same woman that the devil faked out and messed up 2,000 years before, however many, uh, 4,000, whatever, I don't know, 4,000 theologians? Yep, 4,000 years before. The same woman was the one that carried the, the master. See, God knew that because of what took place in the garden, that he couldn't come and interfere. He had to use a body. 
So here's what happens. Jesus lives. He prays. He does miracles. Then he goes to the cross. The Bible never says that Christ died. The Bible says that Jesus died. And that when he died, it said he gave up the ghost. What's the ghost? The spirit. When he gave that last he released the spirit of Christ. Then the spirit of Christ went down. Some will tell you that he preached a three-day revival to all those in hell and gave them an opportunity. And then the Bible talks how he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I can just imagine Satan going, whoa, 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 you can't go back up there. You ain't got a body. Jesus is like, I don't know about that. I got that all taken care of. He takes all these to heaven, and then he's going like, all right, I'm going back. I can hear one angel go, whoa, 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 Christ. You can't go back down there. You, you don't have a body. Uh, don't worry about that. I got one on ice. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would be the same spirit to raise your mortal bodies. What was that spirit? Christ. Isn't it funny how you never hear us called the body of Jesus? What are we called? The body of Christ. So I said all that to say this. When Jesus went back up into heaven, he said, I'm sending a spirit. I'm sending a comforter. But I could just imagine him go, whoa, 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 whoa. He can't operate in the world. And Jesus said, don't worry. I got a body already prepared. But this time it's not going to be a body of two hands and two feet. It's going to be a body of believers that my spirit is going to indwell and operate in. It's going to give me the authority to work on the earth. I know it was deep, but I want you to catch that. God needs your body. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God needs your body. Say that again. Say, God needs your body. God is so in love with your body that he created an institution called healing. God don't want you sick. Think about this. When your body expires, you have to leave. Your spirit don't stay and haunt people. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I believe there's spirits that try to haunt. But all I got to say is, you out of line. You ain't got no authority in the name of Jesus, of Galilee, the Christ. You ain't got no control over me. In fact, I rebuke you, and I bind you right back to hell. We've been given power that we don't even want to use sometimes. I heard there was a demon cast out a little while ago. I bet that freaks some of y'all out. In fact, I heard it freaks some of y'all out. Can I tell you something? That's normal. That's the problem with the church today is we've got so religionized. That's my word right there. With the form of godliness. (laughs) We got all the outside looking good. We dressing in Gucci and all that GQ mess. Looking nice. Girls all looking like, you know, some model or something. Wearing their... uh, Snow boots and stuff. (laughs) 
They all try to look all cute. We walk around and we say the right words. Oh, blessings to you, old brother. We got all the terminology right. We even talk about our Shondai every now and then. Some of us will be down here and we just want to fit in and be like, I can't even roll my R's in Spanish. I try to speak it. La Rasa. Anyway, that's all I know. We all we try to We've got the form down. But what we've ended up doing is denying the power. It ain't about games. It ain't about lights. It ain't about a cute little screen with the word crossover on it. It ain't about all the awesome signs that you have. Unless we begin to learn that we have to get a hold of God. Metro praise will never see the power of God fulfilled to its fullest. Pastor Joe can preach until his throat is gruffier and scruffier than normal. Hello, brother. Brother, I just got to tell you, you're looking wonderful tonight, brother. I got my Pastor Joe impression. Brother, I'm just going to need you to shake my back. <laughs> That's the story for later. Y'all come to me. Listen. The power of prayer is when we understand that we can release the Spirit of God into every circumstance, into every situation. If you have an unlost or an unsaved loved one, instead of saying, man, they're never going to amount to anything. Man, they're never going to do anything. God, they're never going to get saved. They're, they just got arrested, Lord. They're going to go to prison. Shut up. Quit speaking that mess and begin to speak life. Speak the Zoe. Say, you know what? Even though it don't look like it right now, they're called. God's got a purpose. God's got a destiny. You know, it's so easy to find the negative in life. I'm going to tell you, man, I was that person. You could have done the greatest thing tonight, and I'd have been like, oh, man. I'd have found something negative. Because that's our human nature. It's easy. We've created whole lines of work called gossip columns and the inquirer. And all they want to do is find the bad in people. And if they can't find any bad, they want to go make that junk up. That's our life. We always want to hear that gossip. That juicy tidbit. Did you hear about him? Oh my God. Y'all know what I'm talking about, girls? Guys ain't that bad. We just like, yo, dude, what's up, dog? Oh, for real? Man, that sucks about him getting slammed. Man, that's horrible. All right, well, hey, let's play Xbox. He'll join us when he gets out. And that's it. Oops. Am I talking about somebody for real? My bad. I don't know him, so don't shoot me. 
I want to see a church. And I know this kind of went different because I've preached this two totally different ways. I can snot and spit it. And I just want to deliver it to you where you understand. I want you to grasp that whatever you have need of, Jesus told his disciples, this is the, this is the key. And this is, it totally turned the perspective of this verse to me. You know, I used to sing the gospel. If you abide it on earth, I'll abide it in heaven. And it was just bad. You know, we all be like, it was all that. I didn't realize what Jesus was saying. One more story. <laughs> there was this demon-possessed dude. And Jesus had told his disciples, he said, look, Joe, I'm going to go up on the mountain. I'm going to chill a little bit. I want you all to sit here and mingle. Talk amongst yourselves. Let me give you a topic, okay? Rhode Island, neither a road nor an island. Discuss. Why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? Discuss. If 7-Eleven is open 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, why do they have locks on the doors? Discuss. He, he just said, look, I'm going to go chill. So while he's up on the mountain, and he's speaking around a rock, look at the Lord, look at my little disciples. This demon-possessed dude comes up with his dad, and his dad's like, look, I need you all to do something about this kid. I've beat him. I've slapped him. I've popped him. I've, I've totally body-slammed this boy, and he is still foaming at the mouth. Looks like he's got Alka-Seltzer stuck up in the top of his mouth. I don't know what the deal is. He's talking about, give me money, you know, he's going crazy. So here's what happens. <laughs> oh, John tries to come up. Be casted out. He don't do nothing. So then Peter comes up. Be casted out. And then all the disciples, they all praying, spitting, breathing bad breath. Probably smell like locust up in that piece. Huh. <laughs> And they couldn't do it. So here's what happens. Jesus comes off the mountain. He's like, yo, what's up? What up, folks? What's going on? Jesus, my God, we have found a demon that probably you can't even cast out. We have laid hands on him. We have pushed him. We have pulled him. We have said, come out. We have said, go in, spirit. We have done all this stuff. And he just will not be healed. Jesus looks at him, and this is so funny, and he says this to him, how long must I be with you? I didn't realize what that meant until I understood this joker prayed four hours a morning and let his disciples know that he was praying, and not one day would they get up and pray with him. Even the night before he was to be uh, sent to Pilate the night Judas betrayed him. He's like, will you tarry with me an hour? And those suckers couldn't even stay awake one hour to pray with God. He looks at him and says, how long must I be with you? He says, come out. Just let it so later on, they're all all their pride, you know, they they bruise, they hurt. 
They broke, busted, and disgusted. They tore her up from the floor up. They're beat up from the feet up. They need a checkup from the neck up. What, what? They messed up, yo. So Peter, Peter goes, hey, Jesus, hey, man. Yo, man, it was awesome what you did earlier, you know, dude. But hey, um, quick question, man. Why couldn't we do that? Because, I mean, we were saying, you know, all the right stuff and laying hands. I, I even uh, uh, pulled some oil off of my stomach and anointed him. They probably didn't have bottles of oil back then. Maybe it was like a goat turd or something. Lord, come out. Then the demon-possessed dude took it and ate it. So he was crazy. I don't know. But their question was this. Why couldn't we do that, Lord? Jesus said this. He said, I give you the keys. Everybody say the keys to the kingdom. Here it is. Are you ready? If you bind it on earth, it will be bound in heaven. And if you loose it on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. What is that saying? Not if you bind it on earth, I'm going to bind it in heaven. No. If you bind it on earth, you give me authority to bind it with the kingdom of heaven. And if you loose it on earth, you've given me the authority to loose it in heaven. When I realized that, my entire life changed. I no longer looked at those around me and said, man, that's a troublemaker. He ain't no good. He's going to be nothing but a loser the rest of his life. I started speaking to my young people. He's a mighty man. He's anointed and called by God. He's going to see nations come to Jesus Christ. What was I doing? I was loosing the Spirit of God to work and operate in His life through me. That's why it's so important to say, I give myself away. myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Ooh. I give myself away so you can use me. Lord, I give myself away. God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Oh, I give myself away so you I belong 
searching tonight for bodies. It's kind of like that commercial. Oh, tough talk. Remember that? Look at that body. I can understand. I can see Jesus going, oh, look at that body. Oh, look at that body. Look at that body. He wants your body. And not in a, a bad way. Let's get our minds holy. God needs you. Because the only way the kingdom will be advanced is through the body of Christ. Not the body of Jesus. The body of Christ. In hopes that one day the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to come and raise my mortal body. I want you to stand with me. praying this afternoon in my room. And I just got to tell you, I'm worn out, man. I did two services this morning, and then I'm here tonight. But I want you to know something. Listen to me. I didn't have to be here tonight. And I don't say that in any haughty way. But four months ago, God put it in my spirit to come here. There's a lot of things that could have kept me from there. But God wants to do something in this body. And games and religion and tradition and lights and cameras and all these things of the world are not going to fulfill the kingdom. They're great to have. Don't get me wrong. But I would rather see five dedicated men and women of prayer than 500 seekers of pleasure. I told my young people, if I got to play, name that tune with you to get you to come to God's house. I'm prostituting you to the Father. You're nothing but a hooker. You don't come because you love. You come because you want to feel good. You come for pleasure. The Bible says that in the last days, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We live in a world where all around churches going through the motions have great programs but there's no power of God there's no healing there's no deliverance I told my church I'm ready for a homosexual to walk through the doors of my church and I hope they come flaming like a fire in purple jumpsuits hugging and kissing on each other because I don't care. You know what? If you're minded on earth, 
walked and seen the drug addict walk through the door with the needle still stuck in that joker's arm. He still got that rubber band around. I'd like to see a coke head come and have white powder just all up in here. But to see God take somebody broken and to change their life is one of the most powerful, unforgettable things you will ever experience. I just want to open the altar up. I didn't know how I wanted to do it tonight. But I, I kept kind of like, God, you know, I can pray. I can lay hands on folk. We can go and we can get to Shondai. But can I tell you something? Even the Shondai can get to a place where we abuse it. I've been in too many churches that they're all about the organ behind the preacher. And they don't even hear what the joker's saying. They just shout because the music's good. Sick of form. You've been given the word tonight. And now it's your decision. Just like salvation, you don't ever have to say a prayer to be saved. Did you know that? Salvation is a mindset. If you accept the Lord and confess with your mouth that He is God and turn from your sin, that's what repentance is. It ain't. Lord, I come before you, God. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. Did y'all know that? Salvation is when you say, okay, there's my line in the sand. I will never turn back. You are saved. It's going to be the same thing with prayer tonight. Some of you are in here tonight, and you're going, you know what, Pastor Brandon? That is so me, dude. That is so me been coming to Metro and I've been having a good time and it's been great. But there's no power. And I got drug addicts in my family. And my mom and daddy ain't saved. And I got friends who laugh at me and they look down on me. And I didn't know how to reach these people. If you bind it on earth, it will be bound in heaven. If you loose it on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. Start speaking life. Can I tell you, I looked in the eyes of a mother and father for three months. As they were away from their home, they had to stay in the Ronald McDonald house. And that experience changed my life because it wasn't only Jim and Carmen that I was around. It was 14 other families whose babies were in the neonatal center at Memorial Hospital in Savannah, Georgia, who was dying. You don't get put in the Ronald McDonald house unless your baby's about to die. And to watch those two people, those friends of mine, have faith that I didn't even have, blew my mind. I'm telling you, God is sovereign to his word. And when he speaks, his word is law. And when he tells you, I've given you the keys, you can write it, deposit it, stick it in the bank, baby, because that check is not going to bounce. If you need healing in your life, learn to speak healing over yourself. Listen, I'm going to be real with you. Can I be real? Can, is that all right? I've been a big dude my whole life. I've been made fun of. I've been called fatty. I even had somebody buy me a bra for Christmas one time as a joke. I'm just being real. I'm talking about, dude, that messes a boy up. 
I got to a place where I said, you know what? I've always just said I'm big. I just kept getting a little bit bigger here and there, here and there. But I started speaking to myself, you know what? You're going to be healthy. God is going to use you. He's got plans for you. And I don't care about looking all six-pack and ripped up. It ain't about that. I got ministry to do. And I started speaking. I've lost 30 pounds up to now. No lie. My pants right now are loose, and I'm on like knots two of my belts. I'm for real. I ain't joking. I'll show you later. But don't. I t- the church I was at this morning, I promised to God I had to sit down because the second service I was standing playing. I like to do that song because we were throwing down. Dude, my pants almost hit the floor. That would not have been Holy Ghost. Just going to tell y'all. But I started speaking to myself, you know what? Diabetes runs in your family. You will not suffer. Kidney problems run in my family. In the name of Jesus, I bind kidney problems in my life. Now, does that mean that I can go play out in the rain at 30 degrees and then rebuke the flu the next day? No. It means that God has given me a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And I ain't got to be afraid to rebuke things in my life and rebuke things in my friend's life and lay hands on the sick and say in the name of Jesus, by the stripes that were placed upon his back, healing was given. So here's what you get to do. If that's you and you're ready to see power in your life, I want you to come and just find you a place around here. Nobody's going to lay hands. We ain't going to have a march through prayer line. None of that. This is you. This ain't about Pastor Joe. It ain't about me. It ain't about Griselda. It ain't about nobody but you and Jesus. Because until you make it up in your mind that I'm going to have a lifestyle of prayer, and if that means i got to get up at 5.30 in the morning to spend 30 minutes with Jesus before I get out of the house, then I'm going to do it. If I got to do it, don't, don't do it before bed. That's when you get sleepy because I'll be laying on my bed. Well, I ain't got to kneel to pray. So let me just let it. Father, I think, you know, I don't even trip, man. Prayer is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done because, dude, you'll have long lost relatives call you and don't even know how they, you got there or how they got your number right when you kneel down to pray. Amen? Shoot, if you got kids, that's when all hell's going to break loose in your family, when you get in your room to pray. You're going to have ex-girlfriends calling you going, Hey, man, I was just thinking about you. Yo, chick, I'm trying to pray. Click. You're going to have boys calling you from, like, middle school going, Hey, girl, I remember how hot you were. I got to pray. Everybody hear what I'm saying? I can't make you pray. That's like telling your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend that you love them because somebody's forcing you to. It means nothing until you give yourself to God and say, I'm ready for power. I know I went wrong. I'm sorry. But I want y'all to pray. And you spend as long as you want to pray. I'm done. I'm spent. I love you. We're just going to sing a little bit, and I'm going to have this anointed. God Almighty, anointed brother. Just play a little bit of music. Is that okay? And I just want you all to get on your own and forget about who's around you. 
and make a commitment to God that, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes. If i got to come at this church and pray around the building before service, I want to see the healing, delivering, set-free, chain-breaking power of the Holy Spirit active in Chicago. 